Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Yo, and welcome to Podcast 352. Kurt Mortensen here. This is Maximize Your Influence. Welcome, Maximizers, as we take a deep dive into persuasion, motivation, influence, negotiation, success skills, mindset, self-persuasion, you name it. The skills we should have learned in school, the skills that make a big difference in your life, your income, your relationship, pretty much everything you want in life is on the other side of persuasion, motivation, and influence. So let's take a deep dive into it. Hope you're enjoying the political season as it gets crazy and you see the bad side of most people as they get emotionally involved with politics because politics is not logical, it's emotional and people go crazy. They think they're logical. But the studies don't show that. In fact, one study I've mentioned before on the podcast is, and they've done this on both sides, both sides of the party, very neutral when it comes to politics. If you want to know more about who's more persuasive, Trump or Biden, check out YouTube, my YouTube channel, Maximize Your Influence. So this last political season, they brought people to this hotel room. They're going to watch a candidate that's part of their party. They're all excited. They watch it. They say, hey, would you vote for this person? I'm like, yeah, duh, they're awesome. And they say, oh, well, we're sorry, we sent you to the wrong room, and that's the other party. They're like, oh, well, <laughs> I really didn't like him, and I wouldn't vote for him because of this, this, and this, and that's how crazy it is. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on politics, but just know it's more emotional than logical. And if you could just step back a little bit and take a look, you'll see that people get crazy because of the emotional attachment, and it gets crazy real fast. So today we're getting into closing versus opening people up. Is it better to close somebody or open them up or a little bit of both? And I want to give you a few tools that'll really help you out. But let's get started with the geeky, scarly article of the week. This comes from UC Berkeley and Professor Cameron Anderson, who teaches in the management of organizations and the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Now, for most of you, assuming you're not jerks, <laughs> this will be good news for you because the title of the article is Being a Selfless Jerk Doesn't Get You Ahead. Because we see these jerks, these angry people, these mean people who get promoted are like, wait a minute, what happened? Because I know you've seen people, maybe even didn't seem that sharp, but they got the promotion and you didn't. What do they have that you don't have? Well, sometimes the jerk does get the promotion, but that's a short-term thing versus a long-term thing the studies do find. So they say the evidence is in, nice guys and gals don't finish last, but being a selfish jerk does not get you ahead in the long run. So they looked at disagreeable people. You're like, okay, what is that? Well, they said someone who's selfish, combative, or have a manipulative personality. They looked at them in graduate school. Then they monitored the careers for the next 14 years. And they found no matter the individual or the context or the company, being disagreeable did not get people an advantage in the competition for power, or that would be promotions, even in a cutthroat dog-eat-dog organizational culture. So they looked at these studies, getting some MBA students at these three different universities. 
Then they followed him for the next 14 years, looking at power and rank and hierarchies in the organization and the culture of the organization. And they also asked their co-workers about this particular person, looking at behavior and rank. And across the board, they found those who were disagreeable, had those disagreeable traits, were not more likely to have attained power than those who had generous, trustworthy, and just nice, nice people. And they found jerks do reach positions of power, but they don't get ahead faster than those who aren't jerks. They did find that sometimes being intimidating or being mean or being the jerk could lead to a promotion. It did not help in the long-term success in the organization. So they're just trying to look at that age-old question of being Machiavellian. Does that get you ahead? Being the jerk, does that get you ahead? And they found these jerks were abusive. They always had their own self-interest in mind. They did create corrupt cultures and ultimately caused the organization to fail. So the advice in the study was to pay attention to being agreeable and that when you're agreeable and not the jerk, it produces long-term better outcomes. Now we have to back up and say, okay, what is a jerk? And they did an assessment that looked at openness to experience, were they conscientious, extroversion, neuroticism, and agreeableness. That's kind of what they looked at. And they found that disagreeable people tend to be hostile and abusive to others. They tend to deceive and manipulate to get their own gain. And they ignore other people's concerns and welfare. I'm like, okay, duh, we all know what a jerk is, but that's how they defined it. And so they looked at that and this dominant aggressive behavior those using fear and intimidation, did not build better outcomes in the future versus building alliances, working with other people, helping people, and being good at your job. Sure, jerks tend to engage in dominant behavior. They're only concerned about themselves instead of the community or the company. And that, when you're doing that, there's some short-term advantages to that, but it cancels out any advantage to their aggressiveness in the future. So some of you already knew... <laughs> There are jerks in the workplace, and sometimes you do get the promotion, but long-term, they aren't going to last very long. So that's our geeky, scholarly article, which brings us to this week's Persuasion Ninja. I'm not going to name names, but this goes out to a teenager, a very sharp teenager that knows persuasion, because most teenagers focus on the anti-suasion, the data dump or the manipulation, or being the jerk, instead of really understanding persuasion influence. And part of that is it's education. Part of that's the frontal lobe not being developed. But this particular teenager, wow, 10 points, really understood persuasion. And I was just monitoring this, and they were asked if they were willing to do something. Now, I knew from a previous conversation they did not want to do this. They could have said, no, I don't want to do it. That's a dumb idea. But anytime you say that, you get resistance. People get upset. They get mad. And we know with persuasion and influence that when you let somebody down slowly or get them to think about it, it's more persuasive than saying a no. They're more willing to accept that. Even teenagers or even adults, when you're willing to hear their point of view, even if you say no, they're more likely to accept your point of view. So they were asked to do something that would take a couple hours. I know they didn't want to do it. They said, 10 points for this, hmm, maybe let's see where we are in a couple hours after we do X, Y, and Z. And if we're up to it and we have the energy, let's do it. <laughs> and of course, after a couple hours, it didn't even come up. They didn't want to do it. They didn't have the energy. They were done. And that's the persuasion ninja. Why? Because they could have said, no, I don't want to do it. That's a dumb idea. No, they just said, well, let's check it out. Let's look at it. Let's see if we have the energy. They let them down slowly. It was a possibility. Maybe we're going to do it. 
and it really doesn't even come up again. Or if it does, they don't have the energy or the same motivation to do it. The same thing's true in the workplace with persuasion influence. Hmm, let's check the calendar. Let's check the budget. Let's look at it. Let's bring it up the next meeting. That's more persuasive than saying, no, dumb idea. I don't like it. It's not going to work. No, I know you're not going to say dumb idea, but I think you get the point to where maybe, hey, let's look at it. Let's see. Even though you know it's a no, even though you feel it's quicker to say no, let's move on. Let's not do it. Sometimes when you want to maintain the relationship, that slow no, let them down slowly. Let's think about it. Let's look at it. Let's revisit it. Let's see. Let's take a survey. Let's take a poll can be more persuasive than the quick no. Just saying, just putting it out there, something to think about. That is the Persuasion Ninja of the Week. Which brings us to listener email. Oh, boy! And of course, if I use your email on the show, you get the free gold membership to Influence University. Check it out, InfluenceUniversity.com. And of course, all the links you need will be at MaximizeYourInfluence.com if you want to get the free new addition to Maximum Influence. Pick up a little shipping and handling, take your free persuasion and Q assessment, find out more about product services and coaching, go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com. So this is Tony from Montana. We'll send you the information for that. Montana, for those of you around the world, that's in the United States. And of course, they have no speed limit there. Tony, let me know if that's still true. I think it's during the day, not at night. They did change a little bit, but hey, no speed limit. That's where you need to test out your nice cars, where there are no tickets, but then again, you might hit a cow. It's kind of a rural type state. Been there a few times. Tony says, loving the 101 sales hacks. And I'll put that link there on MaximizeYourInfluence.com if you guys want to check it out. Basically, three to four minutes a day, a new sales tool, the science behind it, and how to apply it. He says, I also love your objection software. I've been using it every day. All right. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate that. He says, hey, I found this website with a list of closes. What do you think? Do they still work? Are they dated? What are your thoughts and opinions on these closes? Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. Let's address that. I'll also put that link at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. This is known as 25 closing phrases to seal the sales deal in 2020. And you guys know I'm not a big fan of the close. I know it's more important to open the sale to build the trust because a clever phrase is not going to help you out. But every once in a while, a close at the right time, at the right moment, when there's a little tension, could be helpful. Most people use it the wrong way or they're just using old school techniques. So let me just go through a few of these. Again, I want you to connect and build trust first, prove your worth. Here they are. I'm not going to go over all of them, but let me go over a few. Here's one. Is there any reason if we gave you the product at this price that you wouldn't do business with our company? I mean, that does back somebody into a corner. I mean, if you built trust and they've accepted you as the expert, this could work. This is assuming you're not getting a lot of resistance and is assuming this is not going to surprise them. The key to a close or a closing question is it doesn't surprise them. When you surprise them that you're asking them to do something, you've blown your presentation. When you get to the close, again, the best case scenario is they close themselves or ready to go before you get there. But if for some reason you haven't got to that point, these can be beneficial. So that one's okay. Next one. If we could find a way to deal with, insert the objection, let's say price, would you sign the contract? Well, we got to be careful here. When price comes up, is it a knee-jerk reaction versus a real objection? That's important. That's in another podcast. But you've got to realize, is this just something they're throwing out there or is it a real objection? And I'm also concerned with the word contract. That's not the best word. If you look at one of the laws of persuasion and maximum influence, contract is not the best term. Agreement would be better. 
But I like the thing where you're isolating the objection. If I could find a way to deal with the guarantee or the price or insert the benefit, then you know if it's a knee-jerk reaction or it's a real objection. For example, they say, I need to think about it. You're like, okay, what are you thinking about? Well, everything. Well, that would be a knee-jerk objection versus a real objection. How about this one? Seems like this is a great fit. What do you think? Hey, I love that. It's a presupposition. Hey, this is a good fit. Let's do it. What do you think? Let's go for it. Very simple. This is assuming you've done your job. You've shown them all the benefits. They've accepted you as the expert. There's a trust level there. I like that one. Here's another great one. Would you like my help? Easy, simple, done and done. Hey, let's do this. Would you like my help? What do you see as the next step? Very simple questions to make it easy for them to say yes. Not something like, hey, what do you think? That just opens the door for them to think about it, opens the door for objections, opens the door for them to stall. The next one is if we throw in, fill in the blank, that would be a freebie, would that convince you to sign the contract today? Again, don't like the word contract or the word freebie or the phrase throw in. That's what you do with trash can. Hey, let's throw this in. Well, that's what I do to trash. I throw it in. You've got to build the value there. It's called sweeten the pot. So I like what they're doing here, but you've got to build the value. You're not throwing it in. It takes effort. There's a value assigned to it. You're doing it to get the deal and it's worth it to them. If you look at offers on the internet, you're going to see that people are doing it for the bonuses, the freebies, more so than the actual product. Again, it's called sweeten the pot and it makes a huge difference. And you want to keep those separate. For example, one study showed at a bake sale when you say, hey, you get a cupcake and two cookies for, let's say, a buck and 40% bot. But when they said, hey, cupcakes are a buck, but as a bonus, you get two cookies. Let's sweeten the pot. 70% bot, that's a 30% bump for the same offer, but packaged in a different way. All right, next one. Taking all of your requirements and desires into consideration, I think these two products would work best for you. Do you want to go with X or Y? Well, you know, it's known as an alternative close, offering choices. I'm all about that. That's kind of cheesy way it's set up. Do you want to do it Tuesday or Wednesday? Do you want it red or white? That's abused and overused. Now, assuming they accept you as the expert, you have the relationship, giving choices can be a powerful thing. When you give someone two to three choices, they're autonomous, they can feel it, but not when it's packaged in a cheesy, high-lactose way. When these are choices that you've talked about, choices that they're looking at, just not choices you've pulled out of the air, that can be beneficial. So that one's kind of a borderline one for me. All right, here's one. I'd hate to see, and you insert that negative consequence, befall your company because you didn't have the right product in place. Do you want to take the steps so you can protect your organization today? Well, yeah, man, that's a fear factor, and fear is a powerful motivator, but that's pretty cheesy, high-lactose. Yeah, to where you're pulling the fear card. Hopefully at this point, you've already gone through the fear, you've put salt in their wound, and you're talking more about the future, the inspiration, the solution to their problem. Now, if you need to put a little salt in their wound or crank up the fear, I'd ask them, all right, if we don't do anything, if we don't solve this today, what could happen? Let them talk about the lost money or what's going to happen. Let them bring it up. It's always more powerful with this type of clothes for them to bring it up than for you to put in this negative consequence in there. So that's pretty cheesy. Be careful that one. I would not use it unless you have them bring it up. Next one, why don't you give us a try? Hey, why not? I like that. Disarming, unassuming, very simple, matter of fact. And the key with that one is your tonality, your verbal packaging. Hey, why don't you give us a try? Get disarming. Let's just do this. Everyone's doing it. Using the right tonality or verbal packaging here is critical. I like it. Let's try it out. Use it. All right, here's the next one, Tony. 
you sign the contract today, I can guarantee we can do, and then put in that special request. How does that sound? Well, I guess that's okay. I don't like signing the contract. I'd rather have endorsed the agreement, autograph the paperwork, a little more disarming. But you got to make sure that request, that thing you're adding on, that little bonus there is something of value to them. Not to you, but to them. You know it is something that they are looking for. All right, next one. I know you said you need to have a solution in place by July 1st. I'm just putting in a date there. Working backwards from that day and factoring the implementation and training time, it looks like we need to have the contract by filling the date in order to meet the deadline. Can you commit to signing the contract? Um, I guess that's medium for me. Again, I don't like deadline and contract and different things here. I'd rather have them come up with it and have them work backwards because this sounds a little manipulative. It's not done in the right way. Next one. Will you commit to doing business with us today? Uh, I mean, careful with that one. I'd rather say, hey, this is a perfect fit. Let's do it and see what they say. Make sure they don't feel backed into a corner. Next one. Ready to move forward? I can send over the contract right now. Um... Again, I don't like the word contract, agreement, but I do like, hey, ready to move forward? Let's do that, that simple question. And the key, of course, when you're doing this, you're moving your head up and down the yes motion. They're going to do the same thing when they're in agreement. Makes it simple. Goes back to the foot in the door sequential request by asking small little yes questions. Get the easiest yeses first. That is the key to a good close. The easiest yeses first. Get them to start saying yes. So when you say, hey, let's move forward. Let's do this. Let's make it happen it's much easier for them to say yes. Next one, you're interested in X and Y features, right? If we get started today, we'll be up and running by, oh, uh, that can come across as cheesy or a little manipulative. I'm all about starting the pain and providing the solution. Again, that one's gonna come down to tonality, relationship, and doing it the right way. I do like the next one, what happens next? It is kind of vague, but it could work well if someone is stalling, if you're getting a lot of resistance. Hey, what's the next step? Where do we go from here? What do you wanna see happen? It's going to tell you a lot to see where their brain is, especially in a resistance phase. You're not sure where to go next. A simple question, because remember, questions control the conversation. And if you want to know about good questions, go back to the archives that maximize your influence and find out great persuasive questions. How about if we implement by X date, I estimate you can start seeing ROI by March. This means we need to close by July. Is that enough time for you to make a decision? Kind of cheesy... Um... I wouldn't use the word close or the word decision. I mean, you want to make this a no-brainer, especially when it comes down to price. Remember, price is rarely an issue. Price is only an issue 6% of the time, but we hear it as an excuse 67% of the time. So be more careful. Make the question a little simpler. I would definitely change it up. Or here's one. Would this be a better fit for your team next quarter? If so, I'll happy to follow up then. I don't know why you're getting permission to put it off. Careful of this one. Now, if you're getting resistance, you know it's not going to happen, you could use this one, but I would only use this one if you know you're going to get a no. Just want to say with closing, it's much easier to turn a maybe into a yes than a no into a yes. So if they say no right now, this would be a good close to put it off in the future, keep the door open, assuming that you want to do. Because sometimes a no is refreshing because then you're not going to waste any more time. But if you feel that you want to keep the door open, that could be a good close. How about this one? Unless you have more questions, I think we're ready to get started. Very unassuming, pretty simple. You left the door open for questions. I wouldn't say I think. I would say let's get started. I think's kind of wishy-washy there. So I'd say, hey, unless there's any more questions or concerns, 
Let's get rolling. Let's get started. Let's do this thing. Some people like to say, well, let's discuss pricing. Again, I don't like the word pricing. We should use the word investment. That could be good if that's the last piece, the last thing you're focusing on. Another one they use is tell me your thoughts. That could work. Or, hey, what are you thinking? Seems like you're stuck on X, Y, and Z. Could be ways, especially if you're not sure where to go next. One they talk about is, have I done enough to earn your business today? Well, I don't know. It seems kind of cheesy, kind of old school, kind of weak. I still like, let's do this. Let me explain the next steps. Just take them down that process. Remember, presuppositions are assuming the sale is still a powerful technique, especially when you've done everything right to this point. And final one, we've been playing phone tag for a while now. Am I right in assuming this isn't a priority for your business at the moment? Uh, I don't like that. Okay, we've been playing phone tag and A, assuming B, this is not a priority. I, yeah, you're opening the door for C. Yeah, it's not a priority. Goodbye. I never want to see you again. Now, if you want to get the no, you think you've been wasting a lot of time, you're leaving a message, maybe. But if this is a hot prospect, you've been working with them, you want to do their business, I would not use that phrase, that question, that close. So there you go, my thoughts, my two cents on those closing questions. There is a time and place for closing, but again, I'd rather have you spend more time opening them up, building trust, showing the value, return on investment. So when they get there, they're closing themselves, they're ready to go, and you just need to say, let's do this, let's go. Let me explain the next steps. It's very simple, very unassuming. That's the type of close you're working for. Now, if you've blown it or they're very resistant, you might need a close or a great question. I'm okay with that, but don't rely solely on closes. They're a great tool. But again, chopping down with a tree with a hammer, it takes a lot of work. There are other tools that are better. But I would also have the other tools in place. So Tony, hopefully that answers your questions. Let me know. And for those you want to get free access to InfluenceUniversity.com, hey, send me your question to Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. We'll also give you a special on those 101 sales hacks. I'll put that link at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Of course, this podcast is available at iTunes, Spotify, iHeart. I also do the weekly video at youtube.com under Maximize Your Influence. Tell your family, friends, and enemies. Hit like, hit subscribe. Whatever you need to do, appreciate you doing that. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate your feedback. Appreciate you mastering the world of persuasion and influence negotiation. These are key life skills that will change your life and your income forever. So take something, at least one thing today. Master it. Use it. Have it become a tool in your toolbox of influence and negotiation and go out and persuade with power.